0: We are in the book of Psalms tonight, the middle of your Bible, amen? How many like going into the middle of the book, God's book, amen? We'll be in Psalm 103. We're talking about healing tonight, and um, what a blessing it is to know that God cares about how we feel. He cares about where we're going, amen? And uh, someone had had said, rightfully so, the old must die. And the young will die. But if you have Christ working with you, you don't have to go uh, as quickly. You can trust the Lord for healing and for blessing. And I'm going to share some things tonight that will help you a great deal, I believe. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Psalm 103, the first five verses. Blessed. The Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. For he forgiveth, everybody say forgiveth, he forgiveth uh, all of our iniquities, he healeth, everybody say healeth. He healeth all our diseases. Notice he forgives our iniquities. That's our sins. That's our transgressions. And he heals our diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Draw your attention to verse 3. He forgives and he heals. That's our God. He forgives, and He heals. I want to use for a subject tonight, fighting sickness and disease. You may be seated. Fighting sickness and disease. That's what hospitals do. That's what doctors do. That's what medicine does. That's what God does. We as children of God, can fight. Sickness and disease. I, uh, I thank God for the blessings of the Lord, and I want to begin by simply saying this. When you are redeemed, you have benefits. When someone gets redeemed, they have benefits. The first thing someone needs to do in their life is to get saved, give their heart to Christ. Because if God be for us, who can be against us? We can let Jesus change our life and give us eternal life. And Jesus Christ saves us from all of our sin, redeems us, and gives us eternal life. How many can say amen to that? And so when he saves us, when we're redeemed, we have benefits. The Bible says we're to bless the Lord. How do you bless the Lord? Someone asked, well, how do you bless the Lord? Well, you can shout hallelujah, glory to God. You can praise God. You can pray to God. You can come to church and honor God and worship God. How do you bless the Lord? Oh, I know I shouldn't say this because you'll feel bad about it. Obey him. Yeah, obey him. That's how you bless the Lord. You put him in your life. You let him be a part of your life. And when Jesus Christ steps inside of your life, he's a sin killer. I said, Jesus is a sin killer. He is also a healer. That's something we need to understand that this is a battle that we're in, fighting against sickness and disease. Everyone in this room knows what it is to be sick. And everyone in this room knows what it is to have sin. And I'm grateful for the fact that Jesus Christ forgives us of our sin. And so many times we lose sight of the fact that he also heals. Psalm 103, we read it just a moment ago. Two and three talks about he heals. He forgives, he heals. Verse three, he redeems. He brings joy into our life. He gives us tender mercies. He watches over us. Look at Psalm 105, verse 37. Psalm 105, verse 37 he brought them forth also with silver and gold. who's he talking about? He's talking about Israel when they came out of Egyptian bondage. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt with the high hand of power, and He brought them out of Egypt rich. See, salvation comes benefits with salvation, and Jesus Christ saved them or They didn't know him as Jesus at that place, but the great I am, who is Jesus, saved them and brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. The Bible says that when they came out, they came out rich. They had gold and silver. You say, well, why did God give them gold and silver? They were slaves. They were going into the wilderness. Well, they needed gold and silver to be able to buy the provisions that they needed as they traveled across the wilderness. Um, God didn't want his people stealing, so he wanted to make sure they had the provisions provision to buy what they needed that's why they had he didn't give them gold and silver to make them a god as they did but he gives us gold and silver so that we can buy that we can have what our need and what we need and when when the children of Israel came out of Egypt they came out of Egypt with everything they needed they came out with silver and gold they came out free from the bondage of Pharaoh but they were given something else too This verse 37, the latter part of it says, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Now you can't tell me that a million people or better didn't have some sick people in their tribes. You can't tell me there wasn't some crippled, especially among slaves, because the Egyptians no doubt beat them, molested them with hunger and disease and trouble. And so it was a horrific thing But the Bible says that after they ate the lamb, you remember the Passover lamb, they were to stay in their house. They took the blood blood of the lamb, put it on the two side posts, the upper posts. They were not to come out of their house. And what were they supposed to do while they were in their house? They were to eat the lamb. And they were to eat not just part of the lamb; they were to eat all of the lamb. And while they were eating all of the lamb, I believe people were being healed in those little houses, the little slave huts. I want you to know when you feast on the Lamb of God, God has healing power. And God can heal you. And God didn't want, you know, people trying to leave Egypt and they couldn't walk or people trying to leave Egypt and they had high fevers and, and they were sick. God wanted them to leave Egypt healthy, well, energized, the Bible says that that there wasn't one feeble one came out of Egypt among their tribes. What happened? Well, what happened was is they ate of the lamb. They partook of the lamb of God and God healed them. I love that. Don't you? Look at, look at Psalm 107 verse 18 and 20. 18 through 20, Psalm 107. And their soul abhoreth all manner of meat. Now, someone could say, well, that just means that they didn't like meat. No, it just means that they were sick and they couldn't eat. All manner of meat. In other words, they were sick because they had transgressed the law of God. And they draw near into the gates of death. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. I mean, would agree that sickness is trouble. Bondage is trouble. And he saveth them out of their distresses. Verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. He sent his word and he healed them. I'm going to share some things with you tonight that's rather spicy. I hope you like spicy food. Got some spicy stuff here tonight. Unlike Many people, uh, and I can't get everybody to agree with me on this, but that's fine. Um, if God gives you a a revelation, if God gives you uh rhema, that you're going to have a long life, if God gives you that faith and that energy that God has promised you three score and ten years, or even 120 years, if you've got the rhema for that, then I would say, Go with that. Believe that. And trust God for a long life. But I want you to understand something very clearly. Some people do die young. And Christians sometimes die young. Why? Because we're fighting sickness and disease. We're, I'm preaching about fighting sickness and disease. And In the words of a good friend of mine, Chuck Krause, how many remember Chuck Krause? The words of a good friend of mine, he said, When you get to heaven, if you die early, you know, you die young, when you get to heaven, God's not going to say, What are you doing here? I wasn't expecting you. I believe everybody has an appointed time to go home. I believe that God's a God of order. And I believe it's something that is incredible and something that is momentous as going to heaven. It's not some kind of sporadic thing that accidentally you stumble over the death mark and end up in heaven. I believe everybody has an appointed time to go. And whenever that appointed time is, if it's a young person or an older person, whenever it's your time to go, there's not enough doctors on this planet to keep you here. There's not enough preachers on the planet to keep you here. And there's not enough prayers to keep you here. If it's your time to go, you're going. And when you get there, God's not going to say, oh, I wasn't expecting you. God's not going to be startled. Hello? Uh, That ought to help some of you right now. I I know that's not hyper faith and hyper faith preaching, but that ought to help some of you right now. I like planting a garden. At least I did till the deer came and attacked me. And they they came and destroyed the garden a year ago. And I told Judy, I'm not growing no garden. Because I had all them great big old cantaloupes and all that good stuff in the garden. It looked gorgeous. And a herd of deer went in there and ate it in one night. And I told Judy, I ain't planting no garden next year. Guess what? I didn't plant one this year. And Judy put fence up around the garden. Put put Uh, some kind of netting up around the garden. And our garden looks like something Sanford and Son put together. But the deer can't get in there. And she's done pretty good growing a garden. But I just didn't have the stamina or the enthusiasm to build that kind of, you know, fortress to keep them deer out. I just said, no, I'm not going to do it. But planting a garden, I understand that some seeds... When you plant them, they're going to have an abundance of fruit. Some seeds, when you plant them, they're going to go, and they're going to go well. But some seeds, when you plant them, they they don't go a long time. They run out of their ability to produce. And I think every human being on the planet is a seed. And sometimes that seed is not meant to endure for long stays, but meant to bloom for God and to honor God, even at a young age. That's not real. You say, well, you're preaching stuff right now that's making me uh, have this hyper-faith. Listen to me. I don't want you to have hyper-faith. I want you to have Bible faith. I want you to understand God. God has the prerogative to do what he wants to do. Amen? And when you are redeemed, you have benefits, I remember when I, before I got saved, I got the flu really bad every year. I got the flu. It was horrible. Every year I'd burn up with a fever, 105, 106 fever, talk out of my head. I just, just bad every year, just got hit with the flu. From about the age of 12 on to, to 18, 19-year-old, got real sick. And then I got born again, gave my heart to Jesus Christ, and I hadn't had the flu since. Not that kind of flu. Amen? The Hong Kong flu couldn't find me because I was hit out in Jesus. Amen? The Asian flu couldn't find me because I was hit out in Jesus. Now, am I saying I'm not going to get sick? I'm not saying that at all. The message is tonight, I'm talking about fighting sickness and disease. We fight sickness and disease. How many would agree with that? I believe the healing is in the atonement. I really do. And there are preachers that will argue that and they'll say, no, healing's not in the atonement. Healing is in the atonement. And I'm going to show you something. Go to Isaiah 53. And uh, Isaiah 53 talks about, and of course, people will say, well, Isaiah 53 is talking about spiritual healing. It is, but it's also talking about physical healing. You say, how can you prove that? I can prove that by Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17 in the fulfillment in the New Testament. But notice in verse 4 and 5, surely, you know, surely is a pretty positive word. Surely he had borne our griefs, that's emotional sickness. He has carried our sorrow, that is mental agony. Yet we, esteem, we, we did esteem him smitten, uh, stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. Afflicted is wounded. But he was wounded for our transgressions, that's sin. He was bruised for our iniquities, that is, deliberate sin. And the chastisement of peace was upon him, that's mental healing. And with his stripes, which were put on the body of Jesus Christ, we are healed. Then in the atonement. Forgiveness is in the atonement. Healing is in the atonement. So, preacher, how could you possibly say that? Well, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Peter says we were healed. Isaiah says we are healed. Well, if we are healed, then we were healed. And if we were healed, then we are healed. Amen? But notice in Matthew chapter 8, and, and I'm going to move quickly. I, I realize we've covered a little bit of this, but you, you need to see this, that, that healing is in the atonement. Matthew 8, verse 16 and 17. Remember in chapter 8 of Matthew, he healed the leper. Remember the leper came to Jesus and said, uh, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me whole. And Jesus said, I will, and touched him, and he was cleansed. Notice Jesus said, I will. Remember centurion in his eighth chapter, Matthew, comes because he has a servant that's sick of palsy. And he says to Jesus, Would you come to my place and heal my servant? He's sick of palsy. And Jesus Christ said, I will come. I will come. You find that phrase, I will, I will come. And the centurion said, no, 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 don't come to my house. Just speak the word only and my servant will be made whole. Because of a man of authority like you, just speak the word. Remember, Jesus comes into Peter's house and his mother-in-law is sick of a fever. And Jesus rebuked the fever, took her by the hand and lifted her up and healed her. And the fever broke suddenly. When they all decided that Jesus was a miracle worker, they brought people to Jesus in the evening, and cast and Jesus cast out demons with His word, healed all that were sick. How many people did He heal? All that were sick. Look at Matthew chapter eight, verse sixteen and seventeen. When He When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed of devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, that's Isaiah 53, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our what? Sicknesses. Sicknesses is not sin. Our infirmities is sin. Are yielding to sin, and and Matthew says that his job was to not only heal spiritually but to heal physically. Isn't that beautiful? Now I'm gonna I'm gonna lay something on you that you that maybe you hadn't thought about. A lot of people will teach that Jesus only covered sin. He only when he died on the cross it was only to forgive sin. A lot of people teach that that's only for sin, it's not for sickness and disease. They teach that. There's preachers that teach that everywhere. They do not believe that healing is in the atonement. I do. I believe that healing is in the atonement. And, and I just want to simply ask you a question. I'm going to get into your prayer life just for a minute, too. The question I want to ask you is this. If you've been redeemed, did Jesus forgive you of your sins? Did he? Did Jesus forgive you of his sins? Well, if he did, why is there sin still in the world? Let me get a little more personal. If he did, why do you sin sometimes? When you pray, and I'm going to get into your prayer life, here's what you say when you pray Lord, please forgive me of my sin. You pray that. You say, how do you know I pray that, preacher? Because I do it. Well, why do I repeat it over and over again? Please forgive me of my sin. Why? Because even though I was forgiven and the, the forgiveness of sin is through the atonement and, and Jesus has forgiven me thoroughly and completely and saved my soul and given me eternal life, sin is still present in the world. And the possibility of sin is in every one of us. But we've got an advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. We've got Jesus Christ in us. Amen? Jesus becomes our Savior. He becomes our Lord. You say, well, I don't sin intensely. That's what I'm trying to say. Your whole attitude towards sin changes when you're born again. That's the atonement. Your whole attitude towards sin changes because you don't do it deliberately because you've been born again. So if the atonement, the blood of Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin, which it does, and he forgives us of our sin, yet there's still sin in the world and yet we sometimes still sin and we continue to ask God to forgive us, we're trying to get better because our attitude towards sin has changed. Then he also forgives, he heals us of our sicknesses. He also heals us of our sins. Well, why do we get sick? Because there's sickness in the world. Amen? We get sick because there's sickness in the world. That don't mean God didn't cover it on the cross of Calvary. That doesn't mean God didn't fix it in the, on the tree of the cross of Calvary. Jesus Christ does heal us and, and 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 saves us and heals us from all our sins and diseases and iniquity. He saves us. You say, yeah, but if I'm born again, why would I still get sick? Well, you still get sick the same reason sometimes you still sin. Am I saying all sickness is a sin? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just trying to prove a point that your whole attitude towards sickness changes because now you've got a God that's greater, in, that is in you than he is in the world. Your whole attitude towards sickness has changed. Now you've got someone to go to God and say, my God, I need some healing. God, you're a big God. You do save, you do heal. You're an incredible God. See, your whole attitude towards sickness has changed because you see a God that heals and delivers. Well, I hope I'm getting this over to you where you're understanding what I'm saying because this is so important. This is, this is all important. Question. What did Jesus do more than anything he ever did when he was on the earth? When Jesus was on the earth, what was the one thing he did more than anything else? One thing he did more than anything else. Well, it wasn't teaching, although he did a lot of teaching. And it, and it wasn't praying, although he did a lot of praying. Prayed all night. It wasn't preaching, although he did a lot of preaching. You know what Jesus did more when he was on the earth than anything else on the planet? He healed. He did more healing than anything else on this planet when he walked this earth. Why? Because God is a healer. God is a healer. And Jesus Christ is the expressed image of a wonderful, invisible God. And Jesus, when he came, he healed the sick. He touched people's lives. He healed the hurting. He lifted up the dying. He brought healing and power. Why? Because God wants you to know that he's a compassionate God. He's a caring God. And he cares about not only your sin, he cares about your diseases and sicknesses as well. God is a good God. God heals. You say, well, why doesn't God heal everybody? I don't understand that. That's God business. But I know this. We've got God inside of us that we can fight sickness and disease because God is in us. And our attitude towards sickness and disease has changed because we know God's a good God. We know a thousand can fall on our right, a thousand can fall on our left, but our God's still a good God and he's a God who heals. I <clears throat> hope you understand what I'm saying. I, You know, this is not the easiest thing to get across, but I think we need to understand this. Uh, look at um, look at um, Exodus 15. Exodus 15. Now, Exodus 15 says that the Lord is the God who heals us. Exodus 15. He brought him out of Egypt. Exodus 15, verse 22 through 26. So Moses brought. Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the water of Marah for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah, meaning bitterness. And the Lord murmured against, and the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord. And what did God show Moses? What did God show Moses? And the Lord showed him a tree, not just any tree, a certain tree, which when he had cast that certain tree into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and an ordinance, and there he proved them. Now notice it says, and he said, and said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee what you saw in Egypt, all that sickness and disease in Egypt which I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Hello. I'm telling you when you get saved and you get delivered from Egyptian bondage It comes with benefits. And let me say this again real quickly. God takes care of his regular customers. I'm not saying you buy anything from God. I'm just saying that if you continue to go before the Lord and you honor God, God takes care of his own. Amen? You say, well, what if they die and go to heaven? Oh, that's too bad, they went to heaven. Oh, I'm so sorry for you, they went to heaven. Not bad for them. Bad for us because we miss them. But the ultimate healing is home. See, when we get born again, we start out with our sins forgiven in the atonement. Our sins are forgiven in the atonement. Not only is our sins forgiven, but also our sicknesses and diseases are healed in the atonement. By His stripes, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Does that mean that we never have sin? No, that doesn't mean it at all. Does that mean that we never have sickness? No, that's not what it means at all. But it means that we have the wherewithal and the power to fight against sickness and disease and sin because we have a different nature. We don't have the nature to sin. We have a different attitude towards sickness and disease, and we know that God's bigger than anything that might come our way. God still heals. I'm trying to answer your questions. You say, I never ask any. I know in your mind you do. And I already mentioned the one thing that Jesus Christ did more than anything else, and that was heal the sick. Hello. God's trying to say something through Jesus. Amen? Amen. And on that tree, God showed Moses a tree, a certain tree, not just any tree, a certain tree. And God showed you and I a tree, not just any tree, but the tree, the cross where Jesus Christ bled and died. God showed us the Son of God bleeding and dying and suffering on the cross of Calvary. God showed us the Lamb of God that by His stripes we are healed. The cat of nine tails across His back, butchered, nailed to a tree, lifted between heaven and earth as an offering to God for the sins and for the the sicknesses of the world and Jesus Christ dies on that cross shows us a tree where the son of God dies with a crown of thorns and there he agonized and he says it is finished and they put Jesus Christ in a tomb and in three days and three nights he arose again from the grave and he went back to the father and he told his disciples now you go out there and lay hands on people and you pray for them to be healed isn't that what he said Sure it is. I love that. We'll get into some more good stuff. My third point is, because Jesus Christ, you know, because there's benefits with being saved, when you get saved, and listen, if you, if you ever have to face cancer, first thing you better do is get saved. If you ever have to, well, if you ever have to face anything, you need to get saved. Do I need Jesus if I have cancer? Do I need Jesus if I have a heart attack? You need Jesus if you go to Walmart. Have you seen them crazies over there? You need Jesus wherever you go. But when you get Jesus in your life, it comes with benefits. What is the benefit? Knowing that God's a good God. Knowing that, yes, we we believe that God heals and he uses different methods of healing. But ultimately, God can supernaturally give a miracle. Let me say this real quickly. Because Jesus lives in us, you know, when you got got born again and Jesus forgave you of your sins, you know what you did? The Holy Ghost came into your heart when you got saved, right? When you got saved, the Holy Ghost came in your heart. A Bible got in your hand. You began to read the Scripture and got the Scripture in your heart. When you got saved and your sins are forgiven, you know what you did? The Holy Ghost, the Word of God, church, and the preaching, and everybody praying and talking to God, we ganged up on sin. It's time that we gang up on sickness and disease. Amen? We can gang gang up on sickness and disease. We need to gang up on sickness and disease. How do you do that? Salvation. Gang up with the word of God. Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent his word and the, his word healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. Gang up against sickness and disease through salvation, through the word of God, through prayer, through faith in God, through medicine, through doctors. But Jesus is better than the whole game. Isn't that good? Jesus is better than the whole game. Now, if I can just take a moment to just settle down a little bit and just share some things with you. God still forgives and God still heals. And when you're praying, when God redeems you and he gives you eternal life and he saves your soul, why do you ask God to forgive you? again and again. Why? Because sin's still in the world. We should also pray that God would cleanse us and keep us from sickness and disease. Are you listening to me? Do I get sick? I'm not going to confess that I get sick, but I want to say that sickness is in the world. And so there's a battle against sickness and disease. And and I hate it when lost people try to battle against sickness and disease without Jesus Christ. You've got to have the healer. Doctors are good, but there's only so much they can do. Amen? So God makes a covenant with you. The covenant is basically this. If you will come to me, trust the Lord for your salvation, and there in the atonement of the blood of Christ, you're forgiven of your sin. And, and there's a reason every time you pray, you say, Lord, please forgive me of my sin. And it's not wrong to say, Lord, please heal me. It's not wrong to ask God to heal you of sickness and disease. So God's trying to say this. I want to partner with you. I want to partner with you in mind, soul, and body. God's saying, I want to partner with you in spirit, in soul, and body. God is saying, I want to partner with you. I want you to receive my son. I want you to repent of your sins. I want you to turn to me, live for me, love me. He showed us a tree. He showed us his grace. And he said, I want, to, I want my son in you fighting sin. I want my son in you, God's word in you, Holy Ghost in you fighting sin. I want your attitude towards sin to stop and to become a good attitude. You don't ever sin intentionally. But if you do, you know there's forgiveness. God's a forgiving God. And God is saying, I also want to partner with you concerning your health. God wants to work with you concerning your health. He wants to partner with you. God wants to partner with you because the God who heals is in you. He wants you to face and fight sickness and disease with Jesus Christ. He wants you to fight sickness and disease with the word of God. He wants you to fight sickness and disease with prayer. He wants you to fight sickness and disease with your faith in God that he can move a mountain, that you can put your faith in the power of God and put your trust in God. God wants you to fight sickness and disease just like you fight sin and darkness. God wants you to fight sickness and disease with his son, Jesus Christ, with his word, with his Holy Ghost, uh, by faith and with prayer. And if you need a doctor, then fight with a doctor and don't fight the doctor, but fight sickness with the doctor and, and fight with the medicine. Join together, take at, your, take at your, take at your fingertips, take at your grasp, take every avenue that you can take, take it, bring it in, bring in the medicine, bring in the doctor, bring in the Bible, bring in the Holy Ghost, bring in the Son of God, bring in prayer, bring in faith, bring in the church, pray for one another, bring it all in and fight Sickness and disease. That's the Christian life. That's the Christian life, fighting sickness and disease. You see, the difference between a lost person and a saved person, the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is that the non-Christian only trusts in the doctor and the medicine. The non-Christian Praise and ask God, but God's not obligated. God's a gracious God, and God does heal even people that's not saved because God's a good God. Sinners are not good sinners. They're good at it, but they're not good sinners. And the truth is, God is a good God. He heals lost people sometimes. God gives miracles to lost people sometimes. But here's the lesson that you need to know. When you don't let God first in your life... You're vulnerable, more vulnerable to sickness and disease than a Christian is. Does Christians die young? Yes, they do. Does Christians get sick? Yes, they do. Well, see there, I don't believe God heals the sick anymore. Do they still sin? The same person that says God forgives sin turns around and says, no, God don't heal. You know, you can't you can't have it both ways. You can't say, well, it's one way and it's not the other. The truth is if people still sin, that don't mean God doesn't still forgive. If people still get sick, that doesn't mean God doesn't still heal the sick. God does heal. I said God does heal. He's a healing God. He's a saving God. And he wants you to be born again, trust Jesus Christ, and and don't face this world without Christ. Don't face this world without the Word of God. Don't face sickness and disease without the Word of God. Don't face your appointment to meet God in heaven without Jesus Christ because you must have Jesus Christ in your life. And you are foolish if you think, you know, uh, Judy and I's had seven children. And I don't care if the person's saved or lost. When a baby gets sick, you learn to pray. Let me know what I'm talking about. Whether the dad's saved or lost or whether the mother's saved or lost, if the baby gets sick, there's praying going on in the house. Amen? Amen? I prayed to many a prayer for babies that were burning up with fever and go out in the yard, just walk out in the yard. The baby's burning up with fever, sick as they can be. And, and Judy and I, with our seven babies, I've experienced this on every one of those rascal children. They all, all, all seven of them got sick and I went out in the yard while burning up with the fever. And I'd say, God, please, please heal my baby. Please heal my baby. And after I pray and say, God, please heal my baby, I many times I would say, God, just let, give that sickness to me. Just, I'll take it. I don't want my baby sick. And God would speak to my heart and say, you can't take that sickness. I already took it on the cross. You can't take that sickness of your baby. I took it on the cross of Calvary. When they beat me with the cat of nine tails, I took it on the cross of Calvary. I took it in the crucifixion. I took your baby's sickness. And I said, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Walk back in the house and the fever's gone. God is a healing God. I wrote about this in my book, and some of you have already read it, but we were at a little church, and the lady would come to church, and, and she was all stoved up. She couldn't hardly walk, and she had a... She had a walker, and she just some of the men of the church would have to help her out of the car. She was so messed up. We had a revival for about six months long. It was a long revival, and she'd come every night, and she was so stoved up, we'd have to help her out of the car. She was walking with a walker. Uh, she'd barely moving, uh, and sometimes she'd come in a wheelchair, but usually it was a walker. She'd barely get around, barely move, uh, and and this went on for, months, uh, for several weeks, not months, but several weeks, and... Many days, and we'd bring her in, and one night, power of God hit that house. Woo! One night the power of God hit that house. And that woman, we prayed for her, and she fell on the floor. She began to scream. I thought, Oh my, we've killed her. We prayed for that lady, she fell on the floor. She's got blood, curling, cry. And I thought, man, God, we've done killed this woman. You know, she's in the floor. She hit the floor. And all of a sudden, she screams and she jumps up. She jumps up. The platform was about this high instead of that high, this high. She jumped up and she... Bolted off of the bottom floor. She bounced on top of the platform. She jumped up and down. She said, I feel no pain. I'm healed. I feel no pain. I'm healed. I feel no pain. And she ran up and down, danced all over the place, jumped up and said, I'm healed. I feel no pain. And I thought, we'll see next night. We'll see if we have to help her out of the car. Next night, she parked at the end of the parking lot. She jumped out of her car and went to dancing up through the parking lot. Glory to God, I'm healed. Woo, I'm healed. She danced out in the parking lot. And believe me, she was old enough she shouldn't be dancing. It was, it was awful. She was dancing away. What made it so pretty is she was healed. She came in just dancing and praising God, I'm healed, I'm healed. You could hardly even preach for her, hollering about her being healed. That went on for several days. And, you know, she she stayed in our church for a long time after that, and she never lost her healing. Why? Because it was truly God that gave it. Too many people lose their healing because it wasn't truly God that gave it. God, when he gives you healing, he gives it to you. Amen? He gives you healing. You say, well, what, I, I doubt and lost my healing. Are we talking about works or are we talking about God healing? Is there anything you can do to merit your healing? Really? Is there anything you can do to earn your healing? There's not a thing to do. Uh, you say, well, I say a certain prayer. I confess a certain confession. I do a certain thing. And if I doubt in my mind, I lose my healing. Where are you getting at? That, that's legalism. That's That's works. When God does it, He does it. He does it. Amen. I mean, when I was all stoved up in that wreck in that Mustang, I mean, I would be. How I many was here when I was all beat up in that Mustang? And and I would crawl on the floor just to get on the platform. I, I couldn't, you know. I just crawl. And, and I hate, you know. I did not want. One thing I despise is be passing a church and can't go places I wanted to go. And I remember I'd crawl up the stairs, my hands and knees to where Joel is in the sound room, just because, you said, did you have any business up there? No, but that, that was a place I wanted to go. And I remember that I could go up the stairs backwards better than I could go up the stairs frontwards. And I'd crawl, and, and, and I'd be my walker, and we put a little gra- a glass table up here. And I, and I remember talking to God, and I remember saying, God, this healing sure is slow, And I said, Lord, why don't you just instantly heal me? Why don't you just instantly heal me? He said, um, I, I could just feel God push his bottom lip out a little bit. I, you know, I could just feel God. Don't know that I, he did that, but I just feel God push his little bottom lip out. And, and here I am fussing about, why didn't you just instantly heal me? And I could just feel God say to me in my heart with, his, with God's bottom lip pushed out, well, you think I did for you when you had the head on wreck? You're alive because I kept you alive. What's the matter with you? This is just the aftermath. I said, well, God, I don't like the aftermath. Now, remember, I pray and pray and pray and just pray, God. And I remember I went through the steps. I'd pray on my I pray, God, please heal my ankle. It really hurts. Put my hand on my knee. God, please heal my knee. God, please heal my leg. God, please heal my hip. God, just heal me. I, I need help. I prayed that prayer a hundred times, and most people that have a wreck like I had would still be crippled today. I prayed that prayer a hundred times, and I can truthfully tell you today, it was slow coming, but I am 100% tuned up. I am 100% new. Sometimes my ankle goes to give me fits, but you know I just ignore it. Blame it on the doctor. But anyway, God's a good healer. God's an awesome God. So, what am I trying to say to you tonight? I'm trying to say, God give you the equipment to fight sickness and disease. Now, sometimes that fight will end up being total glory, total victory. You'll go to heaven. Sometimes that fight, you know, I I don't know why people think, well, they, they died, therefore, you know, it failed. Trust me, trust me on this one. Heaven's not near as bad as you think. Trust me on this one. No one goes to heaven sick. Trust me on this one. No one goes to heaven with cancer. No one, Now, maybe they have cancer. Maybe they have a heart attack. Maybe they have a sickness, and they go to heaven. But nobody passes over Jordan. No one passes over into the promised land. No one passes out of Egypt into the presence of God, sick. Everybody stands on the sea of glass, totally healed by the power of God. And so what are we going to do? We're going to start right here, right now, and we're going to fight sickness and disease all the way home. We're going to pray for the sick. We're going to bleed God for miracles. And we're going to fight sickness and disease all the way home. We're going to fight it all the way home. And that's basically the thrust of this message, fighting sickness and disease all the way home. And on our way, we'll have victories. On our battlefields, we'll have victories. On our battlefields, There'll be times that it'll look like it's a defeat, but it's not. The victory is in Christ, and we will go there. Now, I realize that I probably didn't I, I, I didn't make 100% of you agree with me. I probably didn't make 10% of you agree with me. But I'm not here trying to get you to agree with me. I'm, trying to get, I'm here trying to give you a Bible-balanced message on healing. And When you pray for healing, you pray and believe God that he does, he does it. He does it every time. You believe God for healing. You believe God with no doubt. You believe in God in your heart that you're healed. You trust God, and you lay hands on the sick and you believe God for the healing. Let's lead the results to Jesus Christ. And let's don't be... You know, I was kind of hoping that, that I call him Lazarus, Richard McMain... I call him Lazarus. The reason I call him Lazarus—he was a dead man. Don, you know what I'm talking about? He's a dead man. Josh, you know what I'm talking about? He's a dead man. He had open heart surgery. He had a stroke. It ballooned in his brain. They cut his head open. I mean, when you went to look at him, he was Lazarus. He was dead. The doctors told the family make plans. He's not going to make it. And then the doctors come in the next two or three three days later, the next day, and they go, wow, something has happened. Lazarus got it all turned around. Richard McMahon's alive today because prayer is a powerful force. The Word of God is a powerful force, and he's alive today, and that's why I call him Lazarus. Prayer brought him through and brought him over. Look at Durd back there. They were telling Durd to make plans. They wanted to put him on hospice and let him die. And I know he prayed, and the family prayed, and the churches prayed. I prayed that Durd would live to be older than what he is, old old man. Look at Durd. God has touched. There's no doubt God has touched Durd. There's no doubt God has given Dirt a miracle. He touched him. He's giving me more life. I don't know why he didn't put more hair on your head, but he, he did it. He touched you. I'm looking at miracles in here. I'm looking at people that's been here. Look at Ward. I mean, he's the stubbornest old mule I ever met, uh, stubbornest man I ever met. Ward's, Ward, Ward has the stamina of a, what would I say? A hornet. I mean, he just—I mean, he's stubborn. And I know Ward comes to church when he don't feel like it. I know Ward, and he forces himself to go. Ward's alive right now because of God, because of prayer. He's alive because we've been fighting sickness and disease. And I pray that Ward live into his 90s. I pray that Durd live into his 90s. I pray that uh, Richard Lazarus live into their 90s. I'm praying that folks will live old age and, and, and go. But we've got to remember as a church, we've got to fight sickness and disease. We've got to fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it. Why? Because we've got a God that fought it when he was here. And if someone goes home, That don't change my spirit at all. I just say they got the biggest healing of all. But we're going to fight it. We're going to fight it. Fighting sickness and disease. Jesus went to the cross and he fought transgression and sin. He won the battle. Death and hell, he won. But at the same time, he fought sickness and disease and he won. And he gave us the impartation of His presence. And now it's our job to fight. Fight sickness and disease. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Believe God's Word. He sent His Word to heal them. Let's believe what God wants us to be. Let's stand in the presence of God. Amen? Amen? And let's understand that God... Can bless us let me say again some people say well you can live to be 120 if god gave you the raiment for that you can well he lived to be three score and ten what are you going to do when you live to be 80 three score and 10 70 what are you going to do when he adds another 10 years and you're 80 years old what are you going to do you're going to ask god for more that's what you're going to do isn't that right dale isn't that right you're going to ask for more I told Judy, I said, I want 35 more years of fruitful ministry with you, sweetheart. Judy says, you know how old we'll be? She said, we'll be in our way, way, way nine, almost 100. I said, that's good, awesome. And so I told her the next night, I said, sweetheart, I wanted to have 35 more years of fruitful ministry with you. And she said, is that all? When we get there, we'll be wanting more. I said, you're right. We will. Amen? I loved the interview. Of, they did an interview of two people. that They both were 96 years old. They went to them. They'd been married for a long time. Never had children in their life. She was barren in the womb. Been married for many years. And they interviewed them, the husband and the wife, 96 years old. She finally... Asked the man, what do you attribute your long life? He said, God, Jesus Christ. And the woman, she said, the Lord Jesus Christ, living for the Lord. And they said, the interviewer said to the woman, have you any children? And she said, not yet, honey. <laughs> not yet, honey. When we're fighting sickness and disease and we don't have it yet, just say, not yet. I'm believing. Not yet. I'm believing. Never give up. It's a battle. We fight all the way home. Stand with me. We're going to give an invitation. Hope this message has helped you a little bit. Hope this helped you a little bit about sickness and disease. We're all going to face sickness. We're all going to face sin. But we don't have to face it without the majestic power of Jesus Christ. And we can fight sickness and disease all the way home. You know, I, I, got a little, I got a little bit of problem with a preacher trying to commercialize healing. I got a little bit of problem with a preacher trying to show me his healing. When the truth is, we're all servants of God. And God has commissioned all of us to lay hands on the sick. It's not someone that gets in the spotlight and says, look at me, I've got the power to do this. No, look at you. Jesus has the power that lives in you to bring healing and deliverance. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to pray for the sick tonight. It's still early. We're going to pray for the sick. Need prayer, you come up here and we'll lay hands on you and pray for you. If you're not saved, would you come? If you're not saved, would you come and say, I want to... You know, if I'm saved, I can, I can have benefits. Being, salvation comes with benefits. God takes good care of his customers. Come on up, you men let's, and ladies. Come on up, let's pray for healing.